Hi, I'm Daniel, and welcome to the Dundeal Football Podcast. The backstory to this podcast series is my relatively recent semi-obsession with podcasts on my commute to work, during a gym workout, or in the car when driving. There are some incredible podcasts out there from Seth Godin, Gary V, to Sky's Monday Night Football, and beyond. It got me thinking about the evolution of people consuming content and that fans and sports industry professionals may be interested in hearing some of my blogs rather than reading them. So here we are, with the technical magician that is Jake Cooper expertly helping put together these podcasts. My idea was to source my top 20 blog posts from data I've collected from my website and transform the posts into short, sharp guides into particular aspects of the football industry. You'll hear all about transfers, contracts, what agents do, what's in a boot deal, how to takeovers work, Brexit, social media and beyond. In today's episode, I'll be discussing Liverpool FC and their dispute with New Balance. It was announced in October 2019 that Liverpool and its principal kit sponsor, New Balance, were in dispute over the renewal rights of their kit deal. New Balance had negotiated a matching right. This could be activated in circumstances where Liverpool rejected New Balance's initial offer and New Balance could then match a competitive offer when the club went out to market, as they were allowed under the agreement to source alternative suppliers. Liverpool went out to market, found Nike's offer an attractive one, and then were required to provide it to New Balance to match its terms. Although New Balance provided confirmation to the club that they could match Nike's offer, LFC was sceptical it could deliver on its promise to match the Nike proposition. The question for the court to decide was whether New Balance had matched Nike's offer. The judgment and reasoning of the court shone an interesting light on the Liverpool-New Balance relationship, New Balance's plan to match the Nike offer and its wider commercial significance to Liverpool in the kit sponsorship market. The details of the Nike offer. Nike's offer was to pay Liverpool £30 million per season plus 20% of net sales of all licensed products, bar footwear, which would be 5% of net sales. All licensed products, including shirts, training merchandise, and wider lifestyle products. In addition, Nike would, one, market LFC in a manner that is consistent with Nike's other top-tier UK football clubs, e.g. Tottenham and Chelsea. Two, produce licensed products under at least two global nike control brands, e.g. Nike and Converse. Three, produce licensed products in collaboration with third-party brands, including in association with a major US sports team located in a major US market. Four, market LFC and or licensed products through marketing initiatives featuring not less than three non-football global superstar athletes and influencers of the calibre of LeBron James, Serena Williams, Drake, etc. Five, sell licensed product in not less than 6,000 stores worldwide, 500 of which shall be Nike-owned or controlled, with the potential for sale of licensed product in as many as 13,000 stores worldwide, and within not less than 51 countries online through Nike.com. The Nike deal was already signed.
LFC, Liverpool, actually signed a legally binding contract with Nike on the 11th of July 2019. The agreement was caveated, acknowledging that New Balance had the opportunity to review and match all the material, measurable and matchable terms of the contract and that the contract would automatically terminate if Nike received notification of a valid match. The case before the court concerned whether a valid match as defined in the New Balance contract had occurred. If the court had decided in New Balance's favour, the Nike deal would have terminated. The question, which is somewhat academic now, is whether the court, if New Balance had been successful, would have required Liverpool to enter into a new matched agreement with New Balance, or if the relationship had irrevocably broken down, whether damages would have been an adequate remedy for New Balance. New Balance would have likely argued for specific performance of the matching rights provision so that the relationship would have continued. The crux of the case. New Balance and Liverpool based their arguments around two material points. Liverpool said that New Balance's offer to match Nike's distribution term was not made in good faith. New Balance accepted that it had a duty to make its offer in good faith, but said that it had done so. Liverpool said that New Balance had not matched the marketing term. New Balance said that it did not have to because the marketing term was not material, measurable and matchable. Distribution arguments. New Balance's doors proposal encompassed a 105 increase in distribution from 3,063 doors to 6,300 doors. Liverpool's view throughout was that this was not a realistic proposition. Liverpool took the court through five examples, including instances where they considered New Balance had acted in bad faith by inflating numbers in markets, including China, Japan and Brazil. However, the court found that New Balance had not acted in bad faith in providing the forecasted amounts. They may have been bold and aggressive estimates, but the court nonetheless found no evidence of recklessness on the part of New Balance. Marketing arguments. Ultimately, it was LeBron, Serena and Drake that swung it for Nike. When matching the Nike offer, crucially, New Balance failed to give specific named examples like Nike had done by referencing LeBron James, Serena Williams and Drake. The court explained of Nike's offer that that purpose must have been to indicate that Nike's obligation was to use those athletes or influencers who were not only global superstars, but were of the caliber of the mentioned global superstars. For that reason, New Balance's offer was less favorable to Liverpool FC. It was argued by New Balance that the named influencer's value could not be adequately measured, was too vague, and as such, the clause only required New Balance to match the Nike material, measurable and matchable terms. Presumably, New Balance believed in their matching offer that as long as they promised in general terms the calibre of stars that Nike had offered, that would have been sufficient. The court disagreed. It reasoned that although such valuations may be undertaken in a number of ways, it was possible to measure an influencer's contributions and as such, the omission of named individuals from New Balance's matching offer meant that Nike's offer had not been matched. In the days following the decision, 
there was plenty of debate about whether anyone could match Nike's stable of sports and entertainment superstars, and if not, whether this puts the US sports giant at a significant competitive matching rights advantage. Some may point to Adidas deals with Beyonce and Pharrell, while Puma have Rihanna and Jay-Z. Such stellar entertainment industry linchpins would almost certain be of similar calibre of those put forward by Nike. The future LFC Nike, £65 million plus annual partnership. The figures presented in court by New Balance estimated that 2.9 million Liverpool shirt units would be sold in the 1920 season. This was a 59% increase on sales from the previous year. Those figures for Nike's 2021 season and beyond would likely net Liverpool north of £65 million plus. With the above team and influencer collaborations and specific performance-related bonuses, EPL and UCL championship winning seasons, that figure could be further enhanced. It's difficult to compare headline revenue figures of other elite clubs signed to Nike, Adidas and Puma to assess where Liverpool are likely to stand from a revenue generation perspective. But what is certain is that Liverpool will join the elite group of clubs, Real, Barca, Man United, PSG and Man City, earning significant sums from their kit deal. Nike will be sponsoring LFC for the first time in Liverpool's history. From the judgment, we know that Liverpool will be heavily marketed by Nike in a similar fashion to other Nike-sponsored teams, Tottenham and Chelsea, across Nike and likely Converse brands, through collaborations with a major US sports team, presumably an NBA or NFL team, along major global sports and entertainment influencers like LeBron, Serena and Drake, with huge physical and online retail reach. Liverpool's Peter Moores has described the club as having a local heart with a global pulse. The Nike deal looks likely to unlock more international opportunities through its global physical and online store and influencer reach. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Football Law, read my blogs and listen to my previous podcasts via my website www.danielg.com forward slash blogs. Please do subscribe to the Dundeal Football Podcast, like, share and tag me. If you like the content, if not my voice, you'll probably like my book Dundeal, an insider's guide to football contracts, multi-million pound transfers and Premier League big business. Yes, a bit of a mouthful. It's available to buy in hard copy, digitally and via Audible. All the links are in the podcast show notes. Thanks for listening. And please join me again.